speed of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. It's a worldwide phenomenon. That UFO podcast is powered by Zencaster. Zencaster is one of the world's leading platforms for recording and hosting podcasts. Zencaster is a modern web-based solution for high-quality audio and video podcast production. With a full suite of professional tools, Zencaster allows podcasters to quickly and seamlessly record their guests remotely and produce their podcasts in studio quality. Check out the links in the show description to find out more. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and this is the listener call-in show number four. This was Open Lines and a really interesting one as it's the first call-in show I've done without setting any pre-prepared topics. And interestingly, quite a lot of the calls followed similar themes so it shows there's definitely some things on people's minds collectively which they wanted to get off their chest. We got a bit dark at times talking worst case scenarios, potential apocalyptic scenarios. We were positive at times and we were also speculative to Tom DeLong's comments over the years, Louise Elizondo's sombre and heady comments and some other stuff thrown in there as well. Remember, you get this early access and ad-free for supporting the podcast at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast or you can get that two-week free trial if you're on Apple. Just click the button, two-week free trial, and then it's one ninety nine. Uh, UK pounds anyway and in your own currency going forward if you want to continue to support that way for the early access and ad free listening makes a huge difference to the podcast as well so thank you very much if you do that if not thank you for tuning in thank you for liking subscribing retweeting and I would really appreciate if you yes you could take a couple of minutes today to leave a review especially on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done that yet makes a massive difference to the podcast I can assure you really really does so please if you haven't take a few moments this weekend out of your time to do that for me really really appreciate it but listen let's get into part one of the listener podcast show this one was like I say really interesting really fun so let's pass over to the first call on this week's or this month's whatever it's going to be listener call-in we've got Tim from London Tim making I think what your third appearance on the call-in show maybe fourth yeah second time or third time caller long time listener definitely yeah how you awesome. doing what's on your mind then it's uh it's open line so what do you want to talk about well you know my my mind's been racing a bit about a lot of this um you know I've, I've got to keep you know i've got a day job and a day life of course but it's been you know there's been a lot to chew on and a lot to consume and um you know shout out to you guys for distilling it and synthesizing it that does actually help um and i know you've kind of talked about that on the discord and other places but you know it is it's super helpful for a lot of us i think to kind of especially as it's coming at us at, at such a high velocity at the moment it really kind of helps us understand uh, and key in on the things that might need better uh, are more of our attention and kind of cast away some of the bs a little bit which is really helpful so there are a couple of things that i no, thanks found really interesting lately um you know related to 
potential substantive evidence and things about the phenomena generally that are being teased and coming forward. You know, I think it was this calendar week that um, week commencing the 12th here that uh, Lou had said on one of those recordings recently that it was going to be a very interesting week this week in particular. And um, I'm curious what he meant by that uh, because here we are on a Friday afternoon um, maybe he didn't mean business week. Maybe he meant calendar week, and and the weekend will be rife with uh, with some interesting expose or, or or drop of some kind. But uh, what I also find yeah, interesting that was that was um Sean oh, Rash. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a shout out. That was a uh, Sean Rash citizen uh, witness um, on his YouTube channel. But it was you're right because he I think that was on the Friday or the Thursday or the Friday. It might have been the Friday last week, and he said this week, which was was last week. Mm-hmm. which, you know, if you're in the newspaper business, then they start on a Friday, or the news business, they start on a Friday. So, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, because either way, we seem to have passed what that interesting week would have been. So there's yeah. not really been any any news as such, you're right. My my guess is, well, it's all speculation, right? But I, I my guess is that it's something that isn't directly in the control or the hands of, say, a Chris or a Lou. Whatever this thing is, is probably on someone else's desk metaphorically and whatever it is hasn't happened yet. Maybe they just missed their target a little bit, um, which is, which is fine. I mean, we're all, we're beggars. We can't be choosers uh, at the moment with this stuff. I find, I find it also very interesting. I talked to a good mate of mine um, back in America recently, uh, maybe yesterday even, but just how Tom DeLong kind of came back into the focus and I didn't, Mm. I didn't get to listen to it. He might've had an interview recently. Maybe you heard it or read a transcript, Andy, but he was, um, he was kind of back in the the spotlight a little bit, not, not making a lot of noise, but I was in an early TTSA kind of backer and and investor, um, you know, you know, both sort of emotionally and financially. And, um, I'd, I'd, I'd like for him to, to come back around a little bit and, and, and stick his chin out a little bit and say what, what the hell's going on. I'm not angry in the least bit. Uh, I just, I just want to know what they're up to since um, uh, Chris Liu and Steve justice moved on. I think Hal put off is still on their advisory board or uh, associated with the, with the organization. Um, So I I still think they're working on things. Maybe it's strictly media at this point, but they should probably let the lot of us know what that is at, at some point. But interestingly, also, a lot of what he said in the last maybe 12, 24 months, we all kind of shook our heads at or things he said on Joe Rogan when he was on way back. People kind of said, oh, this guy's a bit uh, this guy's a bit of a nutter. You know, what, what's he what's he talking about? Some of it's starting to be substantiated by yeah. people I've noticed and he doesn't sound so crazy. Um, and I feel kind of refreshed by that, quite honestly. I don't know about you, but I think that's very, very interesting. He's got a very childish disposition and kind of way about him, which I think, you know, people use to diminish him or uh, they kind of prop up that useful idiot argument. But maybe he has been read into some pretty interesting Mm -hmm. shit, quite honestly. Um, Again, why did they choose a punk rock star? Uh, I I don't know. You know, maybe they didn't. Maybe it was just a right guy, right place, right time. I don't know. Have you have you read any of that stuff lately about what he's talked about or any of his kind of um, recent statements. Yeah. So I've, I've got a, 
not not a theory because I I just think this is how it is. But the reason Tom DeLonge started talking again publicly, um, he's got his movie I think due to have a media tour in September. I can't remember mm. the exact release date, but Monsters in California is is due to to be released, and no mm. doubt he's going to want to drum up publicity for that. So we're what two months away from from a media tour, uh, and not far off a release date for that. I would suggest that's why Tom started talking again. Uh, really interesting use of language around the emotional backing because I didn't financially back TTSA. I was so close to doing it a few times. I mean, I had I had filled out the box with the enter your your card information here, um, and just I just stopped short hitting the the go ahead with it, just for different reasons as well. It's a lot to invest, but I, I was emotionally invested in TTSA, not necessarily because of the company but because of who was involved and guys like Lou and Chris Mellon and and Tom like you say why why him why a punk rocker I suppose he has an audience and if there are people who want to get this message out there whether it was Lou or others in the background that we've not heard about yet yet and that's something Lou has talked about on a few different interviews that there are people who are heroes and national heroes and really want to push this topic who we do not know their names yet and hopefully they they will come out down the line. Um, so potentially those are people in the background that thought, you know what, this this guy Tom DeLong has an interest in this. He has a passion in this. He needs a little bit of shaping. He needs a little bit of guidance. But he could help us get the message out to a different audience. And when you look at recently influencers like Sam Harris being contacted mm-hmm. uh, and others who are potentially being briefed by people in the know. Is this mm. just a way to reach different audiences to start to get the conversation more and more out into large sections of the public? Like Joe Rogan has an audience of millions. You know, Sam Harris was on the Ricky Gervais podcast and there's an audience of millions hearing that. You know, even guys like, was it Logan Paul, James Fox was on his show last year. Mm-hmm. You're reaching millions of people who don't necessarily have an interest in the subject but it starts to land the message and starts to get them talking about it. And yeah. I think that's where Tom DeLong has that huge following from Blink-182, Angels and Airwaves, you know, Boxcar Racer, for those that want to go a little bit even more niche. But it's it's still an audience. It's still a passion. He's he still managed to achieve some amazing things. I'll also come in on his, his previous comments. I know Joe Mergia recently put the list on of about 40 different things that Tom DeLong has said over the last couple of years. And there's some really interesting things. I think if you look at it as a whole, I would say some of the stuff is just totally wrong. I think yeah. some of the stuff is a mix of of truth and a little bit of falsification in there that he's maybe heard bits and pieces and pieced them together. And mm-hmm. then I think there's some really good stuff in there, which is definitely true. The issue for someone like Tom DeLong is he's not been read into programs. He's working with people who have or has worked with people who have. So he no doubt hears bits and pieces or picks up, you know, analogies or someone maybe gives him a nod of, you know, you mentioned that thing earlier, a little bit like this, and he has to make up his own mind. So I think when some of that stuff comes out, it's not always coming from like a 100% place of knowledge, but there's probably enough truth within what he says for it to, to be credible and interesting. Not everything, but but some of it as well. What do you think about that? I think that's really interesting, and um, I I would consider that something akin to peripheral truth or something like that, where he's not 
necessarily mistaken in all aspects, but there's some, there's some validity to it in some shape or form, or he's had to connect some dots because they weren't clearly done so for him for obvious reasons for special access program control or classification, or obviously he's not going to be given, you know, super classified information. Why should he? Um, But I've also, I've also wondered the same thing. He's, he's got the ear of these people. He sat in his, um, you know, San Diego little boardroom with the likes of Hal and Steve and Chris and Lou. And I'm not saying they're spilling the beans and violating their NDAs. Those guys don't want to wear orange jumpsuits by any means, but I'm sure over coffees and beers or whatever they, he can extrapolate this and that. Um, he's, he's a clever enough guy. The funny thing about all of this to me, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately is that I come from a place of kind of, uh, trust, but verify as a, just as an individual, my own profession, I work in electronic investigations and in data forensics and have done for 15 years. So I'm always, uh, digging for information uh, and wondering who did what and where and why. But when it comes to this particular mm-hmm. topic, I'm slightly less, slightly less guarded and, and willing to believe more, uh, which is funny. I, I'm still critical and I still applaud and need people like John Greenwald at, at Blackfall. All, all of these people are amazing and, and they're very necessary, but it's almost like I'm willing to take more at face value. And I don't know if others are like that, uh, it, it's a bit, it's a bit of a funny one. What about you? How do you, how do you stack up with that, that line of thinking? Are you willing to kind of accept or, or believe more of this stuff because of your kind of emotional I'll, attachment to it? Yeah, I think there's an element of you want to believe some of it, and there's an element of the, the there's levels to what's going on but then you go into more and more detail you know have we got beings from someone else visiting us yes or no all right okay cool why are they here more difficult question you know are there multiple levels of beings and entities and i even was speaking to dave falch last night uh or dave falch sorry um Mm. on on flare videos and technology and we got to discussing just very briefly though like I, i was talking about different ideas as well i can't remember if we recorded this on air or off air but you know, for me, you start to get into really weird questions, potentially, like, where do they make these craft? You know, say, say that say they are coming here, and this is where I start to think about it. Forget all the obvious questions, like, where are these craft from? Do they physically make them? Is there other beings that make the craft in almost like a factory and all that kind of weird stuff? Mm-hmm. And when you've got someone like Tom DeLong coming out and saying, like, Atlantis was real and... um there's there's other cities there's huge cities that we can't see and all that kind of stuff it just gets into that realm of you're going way beyond the 100 percent there are other beings which mm. would be fascinating enough to find out and prove without shadow of doubt it's just how much you want to believe and how much you want to let your mind wander and mm-hmm. i think it's, there's stuff that i love to hear and love to speculate about but yeah at the end of the day from my point of view, especially having the podcast and trying to have a, a reasoned conversation, we're still fighting, especially from from a US point of view, to get the conversation the way it has done is amazing, you know, with the task force report and the military reporting on it and are starting to get a lot of information. But then I take a step back and look from a UK point of view and we're nowhere near that yet. I, yeah. I was um, called by a, a, the BBC last night to, I'm going to be on the radio next week talking about UFOs, and they contacted me 
but they asked me what do I want to talk about now there are a million things I would love to talk about on on national radio with the BBC but are people ready to hear that? I'm just going to sound ridiculous to to a mainstream audience if I want to talk about all the things that me and you might talk about here. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm keeping it really simple, and I'm going to talk about the progress that's been made in the United States with the Senate bill, the task force report, and the fallout, but then also how in the UK we seem to be 30 years behind, mm-hmm. which is disappointing. So there's just so many different levels to the conversation, and for me, it just depends who you're talking to. And that's, I suppose, bringing it back. That's why I love the listener call-in show because everyone's got different opinions and you can speculate a little bit and and talk openly. But depending on the audience and and who you're speaking to, you have to change the conversation massively, which probably just shows you where where we're at. But listen, Tim, um, I'll let you go there because we've got uh, Brendan waiting on on the line as well. So awesome calling in and I look forward to speaking to you again. You too, mate. Talk soon. Cheers, Tim. Cheers, bye. Next up on the line, we've got regular caller, Dave. Dave, how are we doing today? Very well, Andy. How are you, mate? Okay. Not not bad, not bad at all. So it's open lines for running. Uh, I don't know what you want to talk about, so on you go. The floor is yours. I've got two things, one quite compartmentalised and one that's uh, a little more involved. I won't take too much time, though. The first one is the uh, Richard Dolan leak from uh, allegedly from the classified part of the UAPTF mm. report. And, and as you'll probably know yourself, it mentions uh, a nuclear bit uh, at the start, two nuclear uh, ionic fusion, nuclear fusion, which we probably would know about. At the end, it mentions the K-Song, which is a laser, as I understand it, being fired to an engine of a craft that's flying. So I've sort of heard about them. But in the middle, sort of sneakily sandwiched, is uh, the uh, an anti-grav, what they call an anti-grav thing, which I presume is like a classic electromagnetic field propulsion thing, you know, Tesla-type thing. Yeah, okay. And very interestingly, antimatter, which if you will remember, is what Bob Lazar said, that uh, element 115 was used to power that craft. And it also mentions exotic material, which could be from the Hydron Collider or could be something more interesting, but... I just thought if that's true, it could well be evidence of uh, reverse engineering, whatever. Clearly, it's a big if, but there's a lot of annexes, as I understand, to that classified report. So it could be missed by people who say they've not seen it. So I don't know. I just wonder what you thought. Yeah, so a few things. like The, the classified report, we're still hearing from different sources. It was 70 pages or it was it was 400 pages, as Danny Sheehan mentioned. But I don't know if it was yourself and a few people on Twitter had mentioned that there's annexes within that as well. So the actual report for the classified section that you would flick through could very well be 70 pages. However, within that, there could be Appendix A, Appendix B, yeah. B11, B12. You know, there could be all sorts of stuff that makes up the 400 page of the document. So I was watching the the Dolan show because um, I commented on it last week, uh, the week before, um, when, when he was doing it. And the, the leak had just come in and he mentions it right at the top of the show, but he didn't have a lot of time to go into it. And he he covered it briefly, but there's not a lot to it in terms of sources. What we've got is, I believe as well, it wasn't a source that gave him it. It was a source who referred, who, who told another source about it. So it's almost like third hand. Not that that makes it any less credible, because either way, we don't have confirmation or not. So we have to go with, it's potentially just nonsense 
or it's it's totally credible and it is legitimate. And I suppose we have to go right now with if it is legitimate and there's no reason to think it's not, but it's always erring on the side of caution, then yeah, there's, there's some really interesting stuff in there. But it's also, it is, I think it's strange, we're at the point now where people know so much and they've heard of so much over the years that I don't think it's too difficult to throw something like that together. Dave, with with, uh-huh. with we, we talk offline and on Twitter and things like that as well in private message. I, I don't think it would be out with your, you know, abilities in 24 hours to knock up something that looked like that. Maybe not necessarily all that wording, you know, if you don't have a background in physics or stuff, but there's a lot you could copy and paste and there's you could go into forums and scroll through Twitter and you could find some bits and pieces and put it together to make it look official. So we're in a really difficult place. And I keep going back to when I done the Room 101 show back in December and Sean Cahill wanted to put in one source um, evidence. So whether it's a picture, a photograph, a video, um, a a comment, an eyewitness testimony, if it's one thing on its own or a, a PowerPoint presentation, then it okay, that's fine, but we need more to go along with it. So we would need to hear other people come out and corroborate that they had seen this too or that someone who sent it comes out or we hear a little bit more. So it, it's interesting, but right now it's got to be parked under that. It's interesting, but nothing more. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I thought the same thing. You, you, you could easily knock it up. I mean, I recognise most of the stuff on it almost immediately, really. Uh, so you could easily knock it up if you wanted to. Uh, I mean, it's like you say, it's interesting, it's subject for debate, but we don't know. I mean, I think that Sean Cahill thing, is, is it's a good sort of a yardstick to use, one source. I think it's a bit tough sometimes because of the way the information comes at us, but generally it's probably a pretty good rule of thumb. But, but I think it's right. good to hear you in... You and you're, Dan Charney, anyway. Yeah, no, <laughs> listen, you're, you're right in the subject that most of the stuff we do get is one source. So unfortunately, you can choose to just ignore everything, which where's the fun in that? Because it's also good to speculate and have a little look into something and ask what if. I mean, right now, I've got people on my Twitter sending me again the video from the the um, YouTube influencer who has put on a, a capture. He's got four stills of what he's saying as a UFO. But Scott Brown and others who analysed it have looked at it and said it looks like a classic just aeroplane, but it's a long exposure of it, which would explain the long lights and what would look like portholes. But in isolation, if you take one frame that this guy has, it looks like a kind of rectangular block flying in the sky. But I'm not saying it's it's not, but it, it just makes sense if you've got people who look at these photographs regularly. And for me, that's that's not debunking. That's just common sense and people analysing it to say, do you know what? More than likely, it looks like this. Then then that's fine. Um, yeah. But people aren't happy that, well, this this guy says it's a UFO and this guy says it isn't. That's great, but you, you just have to take their word on it. And again, I, stuff like that, I love to look at. But for me, straight into that pile of it's nice, but we need more. Yeah, I think it sort of informs your discussion or your thinking but it's not something you can sort of major on, really, is it? It's like, yeah. like background info, really. I, I've got for the second one, just because I know you've probably got lots of lots of people. No, please. And it's more of his observation, really, and uh, it's probably hard because we're all a bit frustrated, but he seems to have gone all quiet since the initial uh, report that came out. Uh, but I was also conscious there is a 90-day 
report coming down the track that I think the direct deputy director of defense mentioned that are going to come out in the memo. Mm-hmm. But I'd just like to backtrack a little bit because my thinking on this is that Lou has been engaged in a, there's been a power struggle going on in the Pentagon and the government that I think has been going on. It's just from my observation, obviously, I don't know, from, say, 2016 onwards and CTSA starting. And there's sort of two factions that seem to be fighting over, over this. And I think there's a battle going on behind the scenes of sort of the disclosure faction and the non-disclosure. I don't think it's the particularly the evangelical Christians who think the demons. I don't think it's them. I think it's more serious. I think there's a faction think that there's a, there's a group that is keeping this secret and it needs to be in the open air. And I wonder, my observations were, if the IG, current IG investigation is going on, it's sort of like a way of the government working through that. Who wins? Uh, what do we disclose? Uh, and I, I just, I just wondered what your thoughts on that because I think the energy, the, the, the actual ninety day report might tell us a little bit about where that struggle's going. And if the report comes out on the side of the faction for secrecy, as it were, it may well be that Lou has a contingency plan or the TTSR or whoever, where they actually do a bigger drop. I mean, he's got international plans. You've got that ISA coming out. I just wonder what may happen in terms of. If there does seem to be a stalling, whether uh, there might be a, a sort of disclosure drop or whatever from the sort of pro-disclosure faction. I mean, there's a lot in that, I know, but it's just my thoughts on it and what you've got. Yeah, I mean, two things. So the first one about there being a, a lull, um, I agree that things have gone a bit quieter, but I think that's just natural with anything that you have a big build-up and we had six months worth of build up to the report so we had this constant ramping up of information and leaks and drops and documentaries being announced from different uh, companies and then the report came out we had all the fallout and it's gone now it's happened it's done and i think you're you're seeing a little bit of that online where there's some people who are just trying to to make things not make things up but make things happen or try and break stories that aren't there to be broken just now when really there's probably just a bit of patience required in terms of what was happening because like you say and i'll go into that in a second the 90 days that that other part of the report's going to come and we're just waiting to see what happens next um that for me i've even reaching out to guests there's people that have done a load of media a load of podcasts a load of tv shows a load of articles and now they're probably taking a little bit of a break and do you know what? I'm sure guys like Lou and, and Sean Cahill and Chris Mellon could do with a bit of a break as well. And this is probably the time to do it. Like anything, we're going to see peaks and troughs. And I think we're on a bit of the, we're probably at the downhill just now, if not kind of reaching that bottom, bottoming out at the minute before we start coming back up. I've got some good stuff in the pipeline, but it's just making sure that even for me and Dan, when we record, we're not just putting out content for the sake of putting it out. If there's no breaking news to talk about, don't talk about breaking news or don't reach for footage out there that oh look at this uap footage and i've seen a little bit of that online recently and that's not to disparage the people doing it but some of the stuff it's that i don't see a whole lot to it or it seems as a common sense answer to it um there's a video just now going about on FLIR camera and people are saying there's a uap in the background with the, the jet flying about now my understanding this this footage has been out for a while is that it was taken at the the border of New Mexico, 
and it's more than likely a, an aircraft involved in some kind of drugs raid or drugs bust or whatever you want to call it, some kind of interception and the object in the background. And do you know what? I, I will give him his due on this. I don't follow him on Twitter anymore, but Mick West, quite rightly, and this is where he, he does do some good stuff. He stabilised the footage, showed the jet moving about, um, and the, the object in the background does have the flight characteristics of a bird flapping its wings. Because you can, you can see the gradual incline, but you can also see where it would dip and flap and dip and flap. So not that that's 100% correct, but I can watch that and say, that makes sense. So I think we're just on that point where people are scrambling about now and looking for stories. And if you're a really good journalist, I, I don't class myself as a journalist, people like Tim McMillan and whatnot, they'll go quiet because they'll be working on something or looking into the details. Um, this is where, for me, it's going to be discussion, debate, and just picking up on any news that does drop. This is where the listener call-in stuff is good because it lets people vent and, and chat about different things. And Dan and I are going to do the What If, which is a speculation podcast as well. But um, yeah, and, and for me, I think hopefully for the community, I've got James Fox on next week um, and he's going to talk about upcoming projects and he's not done much recently. So again, that'll be a, maybe a little bit of news for people to to get their teeth into as well. But you're right, there is that definite lull, and I just think it's going to be peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs on the subject. Second part on the report, um, the 90-day, I believe, is going to be like a follow-up report. I don't think we're going to see anything groundbreaking within that. Um, I would doubt we're going to get more, you know, anything from the classified leaking out in, in that. I don't think we're going to get new footage. Or I think what you'll see is a progress report on what's happened. They might talk about number of incidents since the previous report. They may talk about, I think one of the big ones from it would be the setting up of a permanent task force, how that's coming along, potentially naming anyone who may or may not be involved. Um, I think that's what we might see in that that next report coming up as well. Separate to that, you've got the the IG, the who is going to be investigating, you know, Lou Elizondo's disparages, these claims against various people within the DOD and whatnot. Um, that, that may or may not move things along a little bit. It's That's going to be a quite an interesting one. That could be quite explosive. Not necessarily in terms of UFO or UAP news, but just to do with people's political careers and what may or may not have gone on in the background, you know, because if, if you're deleting emails, if you're hiding information, if you're not being cooperative when you've got investigations going on and the UAP task force was asking for information and it wasn't being given, and if that's been going on for decades, then that could all come out and that could be quite disruptive. And I think that feeds into, like you say, these different groups. And I, I would quite believe, like in any political argument or political arena, there are going to be those who agree and those who disagree. And this is a very heated topic. It's a very odd topic because it's a hard one to, to fall on one side or the other. Maybe in terms of we want the information out or we don't. But there's not a whole lot that these people fighting either side of it are going to know exactly what's going on and they know exactly what everything is so i suppose it's hard to argue isn't it either way because you just have your own reasons from what you've heard in your own background so yeah it's really interesting for me and i think it's just one of those times where you can see social media quieting down a little bit this is where you tend to find people hopefully not but maybe start arguments over nothing and um but yeah, I think it's maybe a time to sit back, relax a little bit, enjoy what's happened and just take a little bit of stock and just look forward to what's going to come next as well. But yeah, some really good points, mate. Yeah, I think that's good counsel, that. And 
I've been listening to Bob Maguire, but uh, he's been saying some interesting stuff recently. But generally speaking, I think you're right. It's just the adrenaline rush of all that's happened. And now it's like the calm sort of period now, isn't it? So, yeah, just watch it and uh, just see what happens, I suppose, like you say. Absolutely. Dave, oh. thanks for the call, okay, mate. Okay, cheers, Andy. We go over to Brendan, who is Irish, but based out in Finland in Helsinki. Brendan, welcome to the podcast for the first time. Awesome to be here, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's good to speak to you. Uh, now, listen, what do you want to talk about? The the floor is yours, and we've been chatting for a few minutes beforehand anyway, but what's on your mind? Well, it's something that, let's say, that, that, that I've been considering, let's say, you know, for a while, and it's the whole, let's say, after disclosure, right? Mm-hmm. Because of course, you know, I mean, if you, if you, you could go, let's say, you know, to UFO Reddit and stuff like that, and you can ask people or even, let's say on UFO Twitter or UFO Joe or whatever, Hey, you know, is everyone, are we all interested? Let's say, you know, and like, where's the pictures of the bodies or, or where's the picture like of the, of the triangle craft. Right. But the thing is, but it doesn't stop there. Right. That's kind of, that's just like, literally, if we go back to the whole, let's say Greek myth thing, it's like literally opening the Pandora's box. Yeah. Right. And, and as you can imagine, everything changes there. And then another thing as well, like this isn't, let's say, like an American movie, you know, where it's just like it just affects them. Can you imagine, let's say, you know, the downstream, let's say, ripples, let's say, of, let's say, what disclosure would be for, for planet wide, right? Planet, planet, planet wide. And then, and of course, you know, I'm sure many people have been thinking about this as well, right? But then if you, if you listen to sort of like, you know, a lot of stuff that Elizondo was, was saying as well, you know, look, you know, as much as he as much as he can, right? Where it's been an honor and a privilege to not answer any of the questions, right? You know, which is I always <laughs> okay, think is, yeah. like, is the core of let's say lose, let's say um, uh, uh, interviews, because of course, I, of course, he's bound by a lot of stuff. But then, interestingly, he 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 did mention that you know the mood, let's say, would be somber. Now he did. Of course, that's kind of, let's say, sounds, let's say, you know, pretty dark and stuff like that. And then I thought it was great that he was asked, let's say, recently as well. Like, what did he mean? And he was like, well, sobering. And then he went down to some story about, like, you know, imagine being on a ship and you're going over. And, you know, the whole thing, like, you know, uh, Lou just, you know, smoke screening maybe a little bit, like, you know, not actually giving you the answer. But but it, it's some, it is kind of interesting, let's say, that you have a guy who potentially knows, let's say, a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you, you could imagine that he probably even has, let's say, like even a 90% cert- certainty in like a lot of the stuff that he has. And then that's his reaction, right? It's like, and then interestingly as well, what he said was, it was it that um, people might find themselves, you know, like retreating from religion or going more towards religion or really taking stock about it. And can you imagine, let's say, like if it was, and let, let, we, we, let, let's discuss a couple of these things, right? If it was, let's say a religion thing, Right. Can you make like that? Now we're open up like to, you know, let's say, you know, to uh, like the, the EUAP Wikipedia. Right. Where it's like, ah, oh, an actual fact, you know, you got all of this stuff wrong or whatever. Right. And then and imagine, let's say, the, the people, let's say, back in, let's say, the late 40s, you know, when they kind of, let's say, were were exposed to all of this and, and so on. And then it was um, along the lines of, yeah, actual fact, guys, uh, you know, religion, all wrong. Right. You got it, you know, completely, let's say, you know, um, you know, ass ways and that or maybe it could imagine if it was even, let's say, worse. It's like, yeah, religion all wrong. Apart from the Buddhists, the Buddhists got it. That's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the right one. Right. And can you imagine if, even just looking, let's say, at the political landscape, you know, post-World War Two, because I guess maybe if we're thinking, let's say, day after Roswell type stuff. Right. And that's I guess that's when, let's you know, the, you know, the secrecy, let's, you know, really, let's, you know, started. And then you have kind of 
you know, the, the geopolitical, let's say, um, uh, state, uh, status has been like, you know, just set, you know, after let's, you know, World War II, you know, we're in the atomic age and stuff like that. And then suddenly there's this like new information that's going to, let's say, topple, topple everything. Right. And that was kind of, let's say, a thought, let's say that I had, that I had for a while. But then of all people, Tom DeLong, right. You know, uh, uh, decides, well, th- th- did he get a little bit too mouthy or something like that, right? Where he's like, hey, guys, listen, it's not conspiracy theory. You know, never mind this, people want to stay in power and stuff like that. That's not it. In fact, it's so freaking scary that people who are on this can't even, let's say, sleep at night, right? And that's, I think, something to make you go, oh, you know, is it kind of, th- does everyone think that, you know, let's say like after disclosure, everything is benign and hey, now we have zero point e- energy, you know, that's going to like help us, let's say, you know, you know, um, you know, carbon scrub, let's say the atmosphere. And actually that's one thing uh, as well. So uh, I managed to uh, connect to uh, Dr. Hal and put off, let's say um, uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, again, as I said to you, we're not like best buddies or anything like that. Right. But, you know, but we, 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 we chat occasionally. So I asked him as well, what was his what was his his thoughts on the reluctance of disclosure? This is, let's say, like a, a year or two two ago, right before, let's see, you know, what we have at the moment. And he said, well, it's incredibly complex, right? Um, there are so many different, let's say, um, uh, elements, let's say, in play that all have, let's say, dependencies on each other. And that uh, it's not just, let's say, it's not just a simple thing. So you could imagine what could... Uh, we'd be, be get, being, let's say, getting warmed up to, so to speak. So, yeah, Dan and I are recording a day after disclosure, what if podcasting and some of that stuff we're going to touch on and speculate about, which will be interesting. But to go on to the, the religious aspect of it first, I, I get I get the, the point Lou's making there about when it comes to religion and people potentially looking back more to religion. Is it that comfort side of things, that faith element of it? Not necessarily that everything that's written in those books is correct, because like you say, the way the religions all spin off, that they can't all be right. But if you work back the way to when a lot of these religions were founded, they're all kind of based on the same ideas and principles, you know. And is it a case that we have, just to pick one, another race, another species on this planet that has been here before us, that... You know, they've they've seen other civilizations come and go. When Tom DeLong talked about things like, and this is funny, this was mentioned on the, the first call with Tim, Tom DeLong talks about Atlantis. Yeah. If you have this other race, and this is something that appeared in that statement of Joe Murgia's about all the things Tom DeLong said in the last kind of couple of years, if potentially you do have another species that has the ability to cause these apocalyptic events, if civilizations get too out of control, then imagine announcing that to the world, the state we are in just now, and the way the world is in 2021, that you have another species more intelligent than us that has the ability to kind of reset things. And you know what? Things aren't going great for us just now. That's pretty sobering and pretty scary for people, that we're not you're behaving, we're almost the, the naughty kids. So this other civilization can basically turn around and go, do you know what? Okay, you found out about us. Uh, we don't like what you're doing. We share this, either physically they share this planet or they, they share the same sort of space-time, the same dimension, whatever it might be. We don't like what you're doing. And if you don't change your behaviors, then we're going to be kind of wrapping things up. That would be pretty scary and terrifying for people. And I don't think the way we are that things would just change overnight. 
something I'll talk about on the podcast with Dan though as well, um, about the, the day after disclosure type scenario. People think that, again, uh, we always use the same example, but, you know, President Biden comes out and tells everyone he's got Putin on one side, Angela Merkel on the other, and different world leaders all around them, and they announce that aliens are real, here's what's going on. Nothing changes straight away, does it? Like, people are still ill. There are still wars going on. You look at impoverished third world countries, people are still going to starve to death. W- what changes overnight and how long does that take? And it's like, okay, the aliens, have, they're, they're going to give us this technology. How quickly can we mass produce it? And I can fly from the UK to the US in like yeah. a couple of minutes. That's great. But how does that affect people who are dying with disease or illness? Or, or can they fix that? What if these other beings arrive and go, do you know what? No, we, we, we can't cure your illness. Why could we? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like what what you want to try and stop the, the the chaotic part of life. These are just things, let's say, which you know pop up all the time, right? And um, and but one thing was it that that that, that Tom said that I thought, let's say, was really interesting as well. And and maybe it's a bit on the whole Greer, let's say, threat narrative, whatever. Which I think he just kind of did. He just make up or something like that. I I don't know. It was kind of it, it was like straight. It came came out of the blue, right? But on the one hand. I mean, that's kind of, let's say, what, what, what Tom has been saying as well. Yeah, it potentially could be a threat, right? And us, let's say, having nuclear weapons means now, let's say, that we can actually uh, fight back, right? Or as uh, one other interesting one, um, and I, when I was listening to it, I was thinking it was like this David Icke stream of consciousness or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where you're just like put, putting, let's say, everything together. It's like, you know, well, yeah, when, when when Bob Lazar was talking, let's say, about, you know, the reports, you know, that he was reading or whatever, and human beings have been created or whatever, or, and they're containers. That's what the others call this, like containers, right? And yeah. containers of what, right? And then that mutually assured destruction with nuclear weapons was Majestic 12's way of telling the others, listen, if you try and control us, we'll just nuke all the containers. What do you think about that? Right? So, and I thought, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's like putting together a lot of different strings together. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, yeah, okay. Like, would that, that, does that kind of fit in, let's say, you know, with, with, with what Tom was saying as well, which I, I know love him or love him or hate him or think he's a bit of a clown as well. But I do think he, he did have exposure to a lot of, let's, you know, the, the right people. The problem is, is that maybe he just got a little bit too excited and, and, I think that was the whole thing like on his rogue I, I go back to the Rogan show because I think he got his arms um, slapped you know quite a lot and that's why he couldn't say anything and that's why I guess he just came off let's say as a as a clown so potentially the stuff that he was seeing before could even have let's say a bit of a grain of truth in it. I, th- I think it does and it's funny again this is what we, was, we were talking about on the first call so it's interesting open lines and people have come up with the same thing straight away but um I I think Tom DeLong knows a little bit about what they might be a little bit about why they might be doing what they're doing, a little bit about who they could potentially be, and he puts this all together, and then maybe he hears from another source a little bit more, not necessarily true, or it's a grain of truth, and you start to kind of, it's like getting lots of Play-Doh, and you start to mix it all together, and by the end of it, you know, the the bit that was in that tub is now mixed in with this tub, and stuff just starts to get really confused and kind of melds together, and it's hard to pull it all apart. And I think that's what he's got, where he's got this idea or this story that pick a number, 50, 60, 70% truth, but there's plenty in there that's not quite right. Yeah. But that's all you need for deniability. Like the Bob Lazar story could be 99% true. You just need one thing in there 
or a spurious background, you know, like the, yeah, the well, he, which he does, or, yeah, 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 which he does. Like, right. You just need that, which makes people go, yeah, but not that. Same with why pick a, a punk rocker? Why pick the guy who? And I don't have to make give some of his quotes from what the Blink One Eight Two gigs and stuff. Like I used to listen to when I was younger, and it's just like, oh, that that guy, he's just an immature twat. But why not pick that guy then? Because it gives enough people the the, the out of yeah, not him. Well, yeah, let's tell him because maybe he can accomplish something that we're looking to accomplish with the audience he has, um, which which is interesting for me. Yeah, uh, and, and it's just a couple of final points for Jandy. That I think it's funny thing about Tom now, he's not relevant. Like, he's, his time is done, right? It's now all, let's say, like, you know, um, like Lou and uh, and, uh, and and Cahill, right, and uh, Mellon, I guess, you know, to a point as well, which seems like a lot more kind of like like the – you know the the fun. I I, I, I kind of equated like it's like it's like a you know majestic twelve started a YouTube channel or a TikTok or something, right? And you they have you know, okay, oh, yeah. we got this next you know flur drop guys, you know and, and stuff. And then maybe I guess they were just trying maybe some stuff, and it's like yeah, you know the the the, the long experiment like was interesting. You know it, maybe he's a little bit too fruity for us, right? You know maybe he, he didn't understand that you're supposed to slow drip, not go to coast to coast. And okay, guys. Listen up for the next three hours. I'm going to talk about fairies. I'm going to talk about gas, vampires. I'm going to talk about Greek myths, let's say, and so on, right? And it's just like boom, 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 right? Whereas now, it's a little bit different. I think we are about to see more of Tom DeLong because he has a movie coming out in a few months. And I think that's why you'll start to hear more. You'll see more interviews and it'll ramp up the, the press for that. So... I I think how it's going to go is he will start talking more. You'll start hearing little bits and pieces come out again. And he will start to talk about how parts of the movie that are going to come out, Monsters in California, are are true and real. And he'll maybe try and point people in the right direction of like Easter eggs that are in the yeah. movie. How much of that's going to be truth and how much of that is going to be to hype his film remains to be seen. But Maybe we'll get to speak to Tom in a few months on the podcast and, and yeah. Talk about well, that. well, look if he's if he if, if he's anything like um, Lou Elizondo, he's he's going to be on every single podcast. So hopefully, let's say he's going to be let's say on yours, right? Yeah, and then, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we could hope because I have a feeling you'll probably call, put him to task. Let's say a lot more let's say, than than a couple of the other ones, right? I would um, love to speak to him, but I've definitely got a few questions for him that I've got <laughs> no problem asking. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And then one other thing as well, right? Just as a, 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 a as a final. I was thinking that, um, and this is sort of something that uh, Dr. Hal asked me not to talk about, like a lot of the stuff. And okay, I said, sure, right. But again, as I said, nothing too crazy because what I was trying to do was I was trying to get to Eric Davis. I'm mm-hmm. convinced he's the guy that's going to, let's say, like have, let's say, you know, the, you know, the, like, given the nature of the guy and stuff like that, you might be able to get, let's say, a couple of, let's say, answers out of him, right? And he's one who's been, let's say, exposed to all of, all of the stuff. But, um, so I was kind of roundly going, let's say, like with, with, with Dr. Hall and a couple of things, right? And I asked, uh, is the situation where we're in comparable, let's say, like with the whole abductions, let's say, and, the, and, and I guess as, as Lou said, you know, someone can, you, you, you lock all your doors, but you wake up the next day and you got the muddy footprints, they can just do with you, let's say, as you want. Yeah. Is it, is it comparable, let's say, like, you know, to the people, let's say, like in the Pakistani tribal regions? We have all of this advanced technology, let's say, around. You have the feeling potentially that you might be there. And by the way, you could be killed, let's say, any second, 
right? If there's like, you know, if you kind of like come together like with 500 guys, let's say on the side of, let's say the road or whatever, you'll be, you know, you'll be hellfire missile, let's say like, you know, in a second, he thought, he said, that's getting a bit warmer, right? So make of that, let's say what you will. Awesome. Brendan, good to speak to you. Likewise, Andy. Great for having, thanks for having me on. Yeah. And make sure you call back in next time as well. Oh, for sure. Catch you later. So moving on from Finland, we're keeping the show a very international flavour this week. We have Life all the way from Germany. Life, welcome to the podcast. Nice to meet you, Andy. Yeah, it's been really good to meet you and talk to you. Now, listen, you're, you're out in Germany just now, um, based in Europe, which is great. We've had some European callers on so far, and we've got people from all over the world calling in. And it's like, like the show and the title says, it's a worldwide phenomenon. So it's really good to have another European opinion on the podcast as well. So it's Open Lines This Week Life. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I want to talk, or I want to start a bit with with Lou Elizondo's Elizondo's statement regarding how would people react if they knew what he knew, basically. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And he he answered somber. In in my mind, there's a bit there there are a bit two two possibilities. Does he mean somber in his military man perspective? You know, in the government's handling of the issue because. Arguably, we all agree that that has been somber over the last last years. Or does he really mean about the the origin or the the truth about the the phenomena being being somber? That's interesting. You bring this up because this week we've gone open lines, no subject, whatever people want to talk about, and this has now come up on the last couple of calls in a row, which is really <laughs> strange. Which is good to talk about, though. What do, what does your gut tell you? What do you think? Firstly, life. I'm I'm really I'm really not sure. That's why it it comes up regularly in my mind. But I, I I rather think it's it's the second one that there's really data and more evidence that's secret for now that shows things that maybe nobody can explain, yeah. or or things that might be in a way so strange to us that they yeah that he 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 makes the statement. That's it. I think in this topic, there's been so much discussed over the years and the decades that a lot of people would would like to think that all the information is is out there in some way, shape or form, and we just have to piece it together. But it's very plausible. There's a lot of things to consider that people just haven't thought of yet. And and Lou Elizondo, Tom DeLong said it himself and, and others that the universe and things are far stranger than we can even comprehend. It could be things that are just so wild that we we haven't thought of them. When he says somber, you're looking at a few different things. Like, is there a possibility that the some of these beings don't have our best intentions at heart, and you you do have like a genuine danger to the human race from them? Um, is it a case that some of these beings or entities, because of the way we are as a species, don't have any particular care for us? which you couldn't necessarily blame them, given some of the things that goes on. So you wonder, is there that aspect? And I talked about this on the last call as well, that if there there's a species, and Tom DeLong mentioned this, and it's just picking out one of his theories, if this species has been here before us, and they share the same space, the same planet, or whatever that may be, and they have a vested interest in the planet, then maybe they've wiped out civilizations before us 
again, DeLong mentioned Atlantis, which is crazy because Atlantis, you grow up as a kid, mythical underwater place, and then you hear people talking about maybe there's something to that, and these stories and legends come from a place of reality. And again, just a pure speculative what if. What if these others, these other species, wiped out Atlantis because of any number of reasons, and it was technologically advanced, and you start again. And it's funny, like I'm I'm going to be reviewing Futurama, the cartoon show with mm-hmm. Dan. And it's not just because we both love the cartoon and find it really funny, but there's a lot of really interesting ideas in Futurama that are based in real um, pa- academic papers that have been written and a lot of theories that are grounded in quantum physics or physics or mathematics that are woven into this really funny cartoon. Mm-hmm. And the very first episode, and this is something I'll talk about with Dan in more detail, Fry gets frozen. In, a, in like a tube and a thousand years passes but you see the passage of a thousand years through the window and what you see is the, the city of New York getting built up to look all futuristic and then aliens come along and shoot it all down <laughs> and then you see like a medieval civilization being built and then aliens come along and shoot it all shoot down it. <laughs> and then it builds up again and again to the future and you wonder is that a potential scenario that civilizations build up and if they don't go the right way it's it's restart start again and maybe we don't have a control over that regardless what we want to do and potentially i suppose for that's a worst case scenario really isn't it that these these beings can kind of hit the reset button yeah and that for me is probably the, the the worst end of somber but again maybe there's just an element of we have to rethink our place on the planet as a society, a species, you know, even in the galaxy or, or further beyond. But I don't know, as, as food for thought, what do you think about that? Yeah, very, very interesting. I've never I've never thought of it that bad. Um, but, Sorry to ruin <laughs> yeah, no, no, no worries, but it, it's very interesting. And it, and it could be one of the possibilities for sure. Um, but also, what I have to, had to think of, do you know uh, Graham Hancock? Yeah, yeah. His, yeah, his theories about the ancient or great cataclysms, and maybe mm-hmm. the, that could be as well. A, 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 there could be a connection there. Um, yeah, but but then the the I think you've t- talked already about it on the podcast as well and said it. But the the simple ET extraterrestrial option would then be one of the of the more benign realities of the of the phenomenon yeah and and that's funny to think because how we all i think get into this topic is the idea that we've got aliens coming from other planets to visit and it's very simple is that true yes or no but then when you get more involved in the topic you start to look into other realities different dimensions the idea that some beings are already here the idea that maybe we are alone but there's all different universes and that's how they interact and I thought it was really interesting. I don't know if you've watched Loki on Disney Plus. Not yet, not yet. Right, really uh, good. I won't spoil anything. But the the final episode, even if you are not a fan of Loki and don't plan on watching it, if you can go and just watch the first ten minutes of the last episode, there is a someone that Loki meets who gives an explanation of time and how time works and talks about multiverse theories and how different elements of different species can view time differently and when you look at what Lou Elizondo talks about in terms of mankind's and Mm -hmm. how a species might interact with time differently to us 
this is exactly what they talk about on this on this final 10 minutes little monologue it's really interesting it's fascinating and i would encourage anyone to go and have a look at it because okay, okay, yeah. my my eyebrows perked up when i heard it very interesting yeah i, I planned on watching the show show anyway but that that peaks even more 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 it's, interest. it's very good it's very good as a show but okay. yeah some of the theories to deal with again and that's when you look at futurama <laughs> Loki, the the Eternals Marvel movie that's coming out starts with that huge black wedge shaped craft coming up on on the Earth, mm-hmm. and if there is anything to the idea that Hollywood can help influence a kind of soft disclosure and getting people ready for this kind of stuff, then a lot of the shows and ideas that have been implemented over the years might be helping towards that. Hopefully, Independence Day is not one of them. <laughs> Very interesting take, yeah. Which also would make sense. Um, in the context of what, for example, Sam Harris said that he has been contacted, and probably other other branches of our of our society as well. If that's yeah, if we've that's got the in- case. influencers now, don't we? And it's like if you have if Sam Harris or Joe Rogan or Ricky Gervais, uh, Russell Brand, Tom DeLong, they all have an audience of millions, and mm-hmm. they generally have some crossover, but different audiences that have an interest in them. But if you can reach to those people and potentially they get briefed by people within the government or within the UAP task force, then they are given, do you know what, something is going on, we are trying to work it out, but maybe start having this conversation, then you start to reach pockets of millions of people at a time. Someone someone asked me on Twitter, did I think Jimmy Church was someone who apparently has has said himself he refused to sign an NDA or he didn't want to be an agent of disclosure. Why would you go to a, a podcast about UFOs, conspiracies, whatever? Why would, why would I be asked to be part of disclosure when I'm talking to people who are already open-minded and accepting the idea there's something else out there what is it that's not the audience for for disclosure to be aimed at it's the wider public who don't have an interest in it and aren't ready or haven't stepped into the conversation so you go and reach an audience like sam harris like russell brand like ricky gervais and you start to get those people having the conversation and i think that's what opens up to bigger pockets that in the grand scheme of things over the course of a couple of years the conversation's being had on a much bigger scale by other people. So I, I think there's probably something to that that side of the argument. Yeah, definitely. And this leads me maybe to my to my final question or to my final thought, uh, which is because you talked, you jokingly mentioned in the Independence Day scenario, yeah. but do you think there's a there might be a reality that is really, let's say, too dark or too somber for society as a whole to to accept or, or or to to disclose so so the thought would be have those inside the 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 military or the military industrial complex maybe saved us in parentheses from from the truth Honestly, I don't see why there there wouldn't or couldn't be, because if you look at humans as a species, we're all exactly the same, yet there are some really good people, there are some people who just go, go about their lives indifferently, and there are some really evil people who want to do some terrible, terrible things, and I don't see why that couldn't branch out to 
other entities, other beings. And I, I used the analogy a few times. I was on another podcast yesterday about, you know, I like to talk about fish or fishing and if, if we are the fish. But if you have a, a father and son go on a fishing trip and they catch a fish and the little kid sees the fish and pulls it out the water and he's really happy, really pleased with it. It's a touching father and son moment. That's Would you say that child was evil? You, you probably wouldn't. But for the fish, that's a horrendous experience. They're confused. They don't know what's going on and they're thrown back into the water. They don't know that their whole existence has been totally turned upside down by this this one little moment of an innocent child from a different species pulling out the water. <laughs> so who are we to think that another species, whether it's abductions or sightings or mass experiences, wouldn't see us the same way, that they're a far superior species, that they have got no potential concern for our well-being or welfare that do you know what if we want to to pull one of these off the planet have a look at them and throw them back then then why not so that for me just works up the levels potentially yeah very 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 good point what what would your how would you or how how should the government then try to handle to handle the issue or disclose it maybe or even not disclose it so honestly i can see it going a couple of ways one that it keeps going forward and we keep talking about this notion that things can't go back in the box okay i'm sure there's a potential that that may happen in the future that they'll let it go so far and depending on the state of things or what happens look at covid and the pandemic this conversation could have been very different without that and if a war breaks out somewhere or there's another pandemic in another part of the world or some kind of disaster, then this conversation will kind of go away because as much as we enjoy the conversation, it's getting it out to the general public and the mass public, the, the appetite won't be there for it because there's something else more pressing to deal with. Or it kind of goes the way that things do continue to come out and I think that's where you see things heading, I've said before, more towards a confirmation rather than disclosure because confirmation will give them a deniability and it takes away responsibility as well from actions of the past because if they bring it out as you know there's something to this we don't know what it is and they don't want to go back and admit about roswell and having bodies and having craft they can almost play a bit dumb and have it disclosed and i say they they is the government right and there's mm -hmm. lots of different compartments and departments so for me why not have people in charge like in the task force now who probably don't know what's going on and their job is to try and find out because then you do have people who are relatively innocent to the history of the subject and it could be the first time and if the announcements come that way now that nasa are involved as well does nasa pick something up in a satellite and that's maybe the next big breaking news in the future that now nasa are involved with bill nelson we found this we found this object coming in from space and it flew away we didn't track it then there's something out there and it just knocks on the conversation a little bit more each time so i think that's that's the way it could potentially go but i don't think we could rule out that the topic's going to go on peaks and troughs that we've had our kind of up going to the task force report and i've said we're kind of on the downward slump just now where there's not a lot of news and that's where i think shows like this are good that people can come on and chat through what they're thinking but we have to just kind of be patient and wait on that next kind of ride back up to the top of the mountain. That's, which that's true. Hopefully, comes sooner than later. Yeah, I think patience for for this community is a big, a big point, very important. So it's a big issue. Yeah, a very important <laughs> part of our 
of our lives here. Um, okay. Yeah, very, very, very interesting food for thought, Andy. Awesome. Um, yeah, good conversation, Life. Uh, it's been really good talking to you, and you need to make sure you call in again next time, okay? Thank you very much. Moving on from a very somber conversation with some apocalyptic themes there with Life, we're moving over to Toronto, Canada, and um, I've got Aaron joining us for the first time. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. How's it going, Andy? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks. I'm That's I love hearing that line, by the way. I listen to a lot of phone-ins for different stuff, and I love when people phone up and say, long-time listener, first-time caller. So thanks for thanks for doing that. That gives me a buzz. <laughs> uh, but the floor is yours, Aaron. So what are we talking about today? It's classic. So first, I'm going to start off by a, a John Keel quote. The gods came down from the sky, and according to legend, made with human women. These women bore special children, giants with incredible physical and psychic strength, who assumed command of tribes and whole nations. The world was divided into a score of zones or kingdoms, each ruled over by one of these hybrid kings. To preserve their godly lineage, the royal families intermarried, but the Watchers retained control by appearing frequently before the kings and issuing orders, even laying the plans of battle for ancient war. Men were disciplined to obey the kings and their god without question. So... In relation to that, I want to hear your personal opinion, because I know a lot of researchers like myself, I don't like to say what my, what my, uh, like, best case scenario hypothesis is for the phenomenon, but I want to hear Andy's best, most, like, what your hypothesis is for what the UFO phenomenon is, or what it could be, or what all fits in the UFO phenomenon bucket. So, so right, right now, how do I put this, I'm going to... Keep me right if I miss anything out. Okay, so the the initial aspect of it, and funny, this this came up slightly in some of the other calls of how you get into this topic is are there aliens coming from other planets to to Earth and visiting us in spaceships or flying saucers? So I think there's an there's an aspect of that. I I think it does happen. I wouldn't be shocked if we find out that some of the objects that arrive here are drones from other planets. Uh, unmanned and maybe that's why they can travel at the speeds they can travel on on the earth itself because they're empty and they go away and it's reconnaissance almost but I, I do think we have like an AT presence here I think a lot of what's going on as well that we're seeing more recently with the navy is these tic tac objects again are more than likely drones I wouldn't be shocked though if they are drones that are far more local to, to us not necessarily coming from other planets and again, they're coming up to check things out. Uh, I think part of your quote there was, you know, they so these other beings can make themselves known now and again. And if you have entities that experience time differently to us, then just because we see these these craft appear throughout our history, maybe they're not the entities themselves aren't experiencing time the same as us. So for them, ten minutes might pass, but for us, it's been seventy years. And that's why we see different objects or, you know, they appear differently or I think it's a whole umbrella phenomenon now. And I, I've expanded to that, that we have beings on this planet and they interact with us throughout history. More than likely the ones that helped build different monuments or monoliths. Maybe they were based somewhere else beforehand and that's why the pyramids line up with the stars. Now you're going to get me just ranting now on, on all different ideas. Um, I think there's just so much to it. And that's where when Lou and 
other people, other researchers have talked about over time, various different aspects of the phenomenon. And, and we talked just before about different podcasts have their niches you were talking about. I won't give the context of why we were talking about that, okay? Um, but different researchers have their niches as to what might be going on. And I think a lot of them have elements of truth. And that's where if you combine them all, and just for using a place like Skinwalker Ranch, people would ask, why have you got portals opening up and people seeing poltergeists and hitchhiker phenomenon and UFOs in the sky and seeing huge direwolf like creatures? Those are all different aspects of what we would classically call the paranormal growing up. I would I would say more than likely that they're all part of just a normal we don't understand. And our reality is something of a construct that we're just used to. Uh, and one of the concepts that was brought up earlier was uh, the Bob Lazar saying aliens refer to us as containers. Oh, no, and yeah, it's like there's this idea that the others are, you know, we're just meat sacks and you're, you're along for the ride. And maybe the idea of a soul being within our body isn't correct. And what if the brain is just a receiver? And you're having this experience here, like a television, the show's not happening inside your TV, you're picking up that signal from somewhere else, and maybe that's what the human experience is, that the signal or the soul is somewhere else externally, and you're just having this experience here. And I think that's just where we've got a whole understanding of the, the universe and universes that we just don't have yet, that we're still to find out, and that's where it's not just as simple as are aliens coming from other planets? I think the answer is yes to to a lot of it. I I agree with you completely. I, that's what I think. Kind of end game for researching the phenomenon will end with with qu- quantum physics and quantum mechanics and the idea of of I, th- I believe the theory is called quantum in- entanglement, where mm-hmm. where everything on Earth has has some has something move like I, I'm not a I'm not a physicist, so expl- hopefully I can explain this correctly, but every single particle in the earth has has what if it's moving here it's moving somewhere else and as you kind of just said is like we are all kind of almost signals being not controlled necessarily by a third party but that we all relate to a third party that's why like the kind of the idea of of Jacques Vallée's control system hypothesis is is I think could be a possibility is like is that we we are all basically the same in, in global consciousness? I know this kind of sounds trippy, but no, but, uh, no. I, the, the subject is though. The more you go into it, you you can't not get to that level of conversation. If it's if it's out with the community, like me and you having this chat, can go way down a rabbit hole and just get ridiculous with ideas and theories because you don't know. But when you're having the conversation with a, a work colleague or a friend or a family member who has no interest, you can't really get much deeper than. Well, yeah, there might be aliens coming from elsewhere, but maybe they're here. And, sure. and once you get past that with them, you lose most people. If you start going into the idea that, yeah, but what if there's crypto terrestrials and ultra terrestrials, and what if there's beings in different dimensions, and what if some are benevolent, benevolent some are malevolent, some are neutral, and th- that you, you just lose people. Like yeah, that's that's where this is fun for me to have the kind of back and forward and discussion and. Like you say, and there's still the idea that everything we've talked about on this podcast in the last year or other podcasts or every documentary it could all be wrong and it could be something else entirely, which sure. would be fascinating. But there's still that possibility that imagine you the Tic Tacs open up and there's just it's something else. 
Exactly. Like that, that's why I was, I was going to say, I have one more, I have one more thing to add. When, yeah, when I, I, I talk to people who not, who aren't necessarily have a background in the, in the topic is what I like to tell them is, is how the like human eyes work. We can only see 7% of like what's going around us physically because we can't, we can't see x-rays. We can't see gamma rays. We can't see infrared rays. And like it, the, the spectrum sci- science is showing the spectrum is actually even larger than that. So, so, so when when someone kind of like asks me about about UFOs from different planets, I kind of more buy into the theory that all, almost all of the phenomenon comes from 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 Earth. We just we just can't see it, and I and I actually believe that it might not all be necessarily be intelligent life. Like I think a lot of it is intelligent life, but I think I think the phenomenon, especially if if the phenomenon does come from Earth, could could potentially just be something else, something that's not intelligent. Or intelligence, something that's so far outside the grasp of like, um, like humans, like where science is right now. That's why I think in the next 10, 20, maybe even longer than that, as we kind of dive into quantum mechanics and quantum physics, we will learn a lot more about what I think the phenomenon really is. But I think the, the approach that we're going at right now, just going like asking the military declassified files, look at photos and look at videos will not get us that many steps further from where we are today. It's interesting you bring up the visible light spectrum. We was talking to Dave Fulch about that last night when it came to FLIR videos and that technology and what we're looking at and why. Um, and I've brought this up previously, and I, I always forget if it was with Dan on a podcast or if it was a kind of private conversation or what. But like, I'm colorblind, and again, to throw out like a what if, what if I can perceive certain things differently to you, not necessarily in a positive or negative way, but if i i talk about the sighting i had when i was like 10 or 11 what if i can see that because i'm colorblind what if i perceive it differently because i'm colorblind you know if if you and i could look at the the same the same tree and you perceive the colors differently then could there be different characteristics people have within their brains and their perception that they they just have that you know innate ability to see something in a different way that goes back to the whole idea of the kids see ghosts or because they're more open to it is there something the filter's not quite there yet that that for me is really interesting and i i, I always like even just silly ideas like doctor who with um i can't remember if it was matt matt smith or david tennant you've got there's a, a creature that is there stalking you but you only see it out of the corner of your eye when you're looking but it's always there or so again it's what if there's there's objects that are there in the sky that you only see under certain conditions for sure the sky right now could be teeming with uap you know life like you say that we don't understand i remember hearing ones i don't subscribe to this but i like the idea and maybe there's something to explore within it but i heard on howard hughes podcast a couple of years ago someone talk about the idea that ufos some of them are living organic things that live within the sky and they talk about the size of the planet the size of the the different levels of the atmosphere because you've got what the stratosphere ionosphere the atmosphere there's there's a load of different spheres and these objects could easily live up there organically as much as there are things in the ocean we don't understand and that's a potential so i'm i'm all for those kind of conversations absolutely that, that, that exact point is why I, I believe that not necessarily all of what we're seeing is necessarily intelligent life as we know, at least the way the way we perceive human intelligence. Uh, like I, I agree that I think a lot of the phenomenon could be 
like natural organic organic life that we just can't perceive because it's outside of the light spectrum or necessarily as i said before or just not really as we understand what life is like one one quote i like to go back to is the is i think what was the 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 head of the cia the former head of the cia who 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 spoke and he was looking like he was struggling and he said that he believes that we what we're seeing in the sky constitutes for another form of life like that 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 quote really really speak really really speaks to me because it kind of relates to i like to i know i don't have that much more time but like the okay. like the difference between like how how basically modern science quantum mechanics and and ancient religions like overcross and, and what he what he said in that quote really really like spoke to like what my personal research is because that's what i like to to compare just quantum science quantum mechanics with with ancient religions and how you kind of study ancient religions from a, a, uh, a physics standpoint. Awesome. Great. Aaron, great call. And you'll need to make sure you call in again next time. For sure. Th- thanks, Andy. Cheers, man. The final call for part one of the listener call in. We're going to go back to London where we started today. And we have Tom. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, very, very well. Um, we've had a lot of good discussion uh, so far. So again, the bars bars always set high. Uh, I won't tell you what we've been talking about. We've had some somber apocalyptic stuff though at, at the very bottom of it. Um, but yeah, there's been some good, good thought provoking chat. So what do you want to discuss? Quite a few things. I mean, because it's quite open. I, I, when you said earlier, it can be whatever about anything really. Um, I was <laughs> my mind was racing thinking there's so many things I could, I could talk about, but. I guess on the disclosure topic, um, there. I get what I've been thinking about recently is obviously I think there's a, you know so many different interpret so many different interpretations of what disclosure actually means. I don't think we'll ever get a full disclosure to be honest. I think it'd be a gradual kind of confirmation. But the thing that's been I've been thinking about is um, will there be will there be a race to um, from different countries to who will be the first to come come up with a breakthrough? You know, so you know how much of this will become political. Um, so with you know you've got the US obviously leading the way in many many regards, but then you've got China and Russia, obviously who are studying this deeply, and we we don't know you know there's rumours of you know recovered craft and, and and so on. They've been studying for a long time. Um, how much of it as kind of america progresses with this will there be a bit a bit of a political race with um the other countries saying oh no we're you know we, we know more we're we we scientifically understand it better or um you know have got more insight that'd be i think the way that will unfold would be quite interesting in the next kind of uh year or two or three um so that's been kind of crossing my mind yeah um, i mean I've, I've got a few thoughts on that like i think we're already seeing that uh the US, for me, I think it's it's fair to say leads the way in, in what they are doing, whether you like it or not, or you're you're a fan of the US or not. If you look at it from a, an unbiased point of view, that they've led the way in the conversation. Um, so they do get to kind of control the narrative in a way, in that sense. And I suppose that's where mm. your your other superpowers like China and Russia are are going to be uncomfortable with that for a start. Mm. China has already came into the conversation saying they want mm. to lead lead the conversation at the UN. Mm. So I think that's mm. a bit of an attempt politically from them to wrestle exactly. back a little bit of that it, control. Exactly. Yeah, it's all about the narrative, isn't it? And and yeah, and and being being seen to be leading the way in 
I think the scientific angle, um, you know, and, and it's, it's almost how far they will push each other other than because I'm sure if if China say, oh, well, actually, you know, we're using AI and we're, we're further in that field, then will then America or Russia um, try and up the ante and say, oh, well, actually, yeah, we, we, we understand it more. Because obviously the, op- the opening gambit recently has been about, well, we, 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 um, we need to understand this more. We need more data. Um, and it, yeah, it just be, I, I think that'd be really interesting. I think as well, something else that kind of popped into my mind recently. It was a, an article but I've been thinking about before is about the whole relationship with um, UFOs and nukes, obviously. Um, you know, there was some kind of alluded to in the report around them being around military installations and all of that. And, and um, but, you know, the, the whole nuke thing has been, you know, it, it's been, well, arguably since the very beginning, actually, in the 1940s. Um, what that will how that plays into this whether or not there'll be some acknowledgement at some stage to say there is a link because apparently that um i think it was in the 90s wasn't it that um i can't remember it, it was a george knapp that went over to russia and, and was was speaking with them and they were saying yeah we, we, we're we're seeing it over in in russia you know the, whole, the um craft over the nuclear um installations um, I wonder if, that, again, that will come into play as well at some point or not, because that could be extremely sensitive, couldn't it? That we talk about panicking people if there's some acknowledgement there as well. I just think if if these objects are able to, or some of these objects, we group them as if they're all the same thing, mm-hmm. um, if they are able just to turn off and on nuclear weapons, then that's that's surely a bit of a don't bother trying to use these. And whether they mean against them, or for our own good, that's that's two totally different points because mm. there's people in different camps, isn't there, that if you go, the, they're all friendly, then turning on and off the nuclear weapons is a lovely message to the planet that you don't need these, don't use them, you'll hurt each yeah. other, yeah. and we can yeah. kind of stop it. But there's also the potentially more dominant side of it, or if you want to say threatening, it could be looked at that way, but if they're flying over and turning on and off our, our best quote-unquote weapons... Mm, to say mm. these are no use against us that's again just totally changes so it's it's why they do that i suppose for me is a really interesting aspect of yeah it. yeah absolutely i think um i didn't i think i'd heard it before but uh, again i was looking to recently the dominant narrative is they're switching them off and that is most of the stories that i've heard or, or read about but then there was that story. I think it's in Russia where they were switch actually switched them on, and they had to. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's been a, there's been a few, yeah. Yeah, where they've actually had to stop it, and it's like, wow, okay. But like you say, it comes down to, you know, this is not necessarily one thing. You might have some different intent there. So that's um, that's that's quite an interesting um, thought, really. Um, that was it, really. I, I guess I've just been reflecting on a few a few different things recently. Um, I've been just on a, a complete, um, completely different topic. The whole um, valet book. I don't know. Have you read it at all? What the, the new one? The, the, a Trinity, Trinity one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the yeah. process of of reading it. I've got it just sitting beside me here. So one thing I thought was I was going to put it on the Discord actually, but um, didn't get round to it. Was um, something fascinating, which I'm not. I'm not. To be honest, I'm not entirely convinced about the whole 
um, story, if I'm being honest. Um, for a few reasons, you know, main, main one being it's, it's entirely anecdotal and from, you know, it's a long time ago and young kids and all that. Not, not saying, there's not, you know, it's not believable, but it's it's pretty, if you look at it in terms of evidence, it's pretty flimsy. But but the book, I think, is great. But I think, you know, Valet is brilliant. And I think the bit that I took from it was what's fascinating was about how many sightings, you know, back to the kind of new thing again, how many signs were in in like kind of around White Sands, New Mexico, and all the you know obviously Roswell and all the crashes and all that in New Mexico. But then the, the really interesting part I thought was the link between um, the the shape, you know, the the um, Nonizamora sighting, the the kind of um, the similar shape, and it's all yeah. around the same. And it apparently is distant cousin or something like that, or related in some way, aren't they? But in that same kind of region you had that similar shaped craft from, you know, like 1940s to the 1960s. I thought when he linked the Zamora case with that case, I found really fascinating. Um, yeah, there's something definitely going on with, you know, New Mexico and that whole whole area. Yeah, I, I totally subscribe to the idea that when we started messing about with the nuclear weapons, that, yeah. that encouraged a presence. Not that these things weren't here before, but it definitely sped that up. And when the military started yeah. keeping these things and powering carrier strike groups with them, and then, of course, those signatures must attract these objects as well. I think there's an aspect that they're attracted to, to that energy for, for yeah. reasons we still don't totally understand. But yeah. And do you know what? Yeah. Your point on the book Trinity is totally fair around. It's all anecdotal. And this is something when I spoke to Paola Harris, I wish I'd dug a little bit more into it. I mentioned it and I don't think she totally got what I was getting at it, that you look at the aerial school incident and people mm. say, oh yeah, but because it's kids, the evidence is, it means more. And mm. do you know what, for me that does because they were children when they were interviewed and we've got the mm. footage of them as they were kids and you can speak to the adults now. So you've got that both, but what you've got here is Paola Harris saying that, yeah, but it's so believable because they're kids but they're not kids now when you speak to them. They're they're fully grown. They're, they're, they're elderly now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It can, it can so much, it can very much change over time. Although it just does seem an incredible memory for, for, for the amount of detail there. And I think in some ways that made it a little bit more believable for me is that, that they, the, the amount of detail that went into, you know, of course it could just be, you know, a story, but the fact they saw beings as well, yeah. And and the way that they were moving, it was all so specific and detailed. I thought, mm, that's, that's really, like I say, I'm, I'm on the fence of whether I fully believe it or not. I think the whole um, metal piece of the craft that um, they, he managed to pull off um, that w w was terrestrial. I thought, why would you go so far to take off? And if if he did, um, if that was faked, why would you bother if you knew it's terrestrial and say, oh yeah, go and test it then. Yeah. It's, it's a it's an odd case but i think yeah i think in the whole picture of um like i say when he when he when um he, they link it to the zamora sighting and then um the, it was a similar shape and the, the small beings and they're not greys are they really or they're maybe a type of gray but i don't know but it was all that i thought that bit was particularly interesting um anyway that <laughs> that was my kind of uh my no, uh, recent thoughts really yeah i appreciate that and like i think with the trinity case it's one that i don't think we'll get much more from i think it's a bit of a one and done and i've still got questions around jacques valet's attachment to it i 
it's it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a it's an odd one, and the the idea that it was his book, and then the the cover went online, then it came off, and then it was online with Paola Harris, and then it was a yeah, it's an odd combination anyway. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I think I, I, what I found recently as well, I, I didn't uh, know this, was that apparently she released a book in 2010 along the same lines or something like that that was of a, around that case. And I don't know, but you can't get anywhere. I need to do a bit more digging on that. And it's almost, she'd say she'd done, like at the beginning of the book, he kind of acknowledges she'd done years of background on yeah. it anyway. And he kind of picked up later, but I know what you mean. There's a bit of an odd relationship, isn't there? Um, there, I, I have heard rumours that there, there, were, there was, it was being, it was, it was bubbling away in the background. They were always trying to promote and push this story. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether that's true or not, but um, yeah, interesting. But obviously, you know, Valet legend, really. So I kind of trust his attachment to it. But yeah. Yes. His, his name lends credibility to it, and I wonder if that was an aspect or a, a reason behind that happening, that partnership. It's definitely benefited Paola more than it has Jack, I, yeah, I would I say. I think you're right. And it, to be fair, he did, you know, he actually went out there and did the, you know, the groundwork as well and the, and the, the, the digging and stuff. Would be, I do wonder why they didn't, if they did suspect there's stuff there, it's like, why didn't they do some digging, you know, yeah. for, literal digging <laughs> um there but um yeah good good book but yeah kind of lo- loosely relates to you know like i say the con- con- whole kind of like ufo nuke thing but um yeah awesome listen tom I- i'm with you on that for me it's a book that i've read i've read or i'm reading and i'll read it and go ah interesting and i'll put yeah. it away and that that's that's it for me it's just another one of those cases that it maybe yeah. came along too late i think uh, for, yeah. for what it's about as well but Tom really good call I appreciate that and make sure you call in again next time mate okay awesome cheers Andy keep up cheers, the work, Tom. Mate. thank you take care bye